Greetings, and thank you for tuning in to Rising Above It All. I am your host, Mildred Muhammad. Today we're going to talk about unwavering faith. Unwavering faith. What does that mean to you? Everyone has a different path. Some people believe in God or higher power or source or whomever you call upon that is bigger than yourself. Some people don't believe at all. So we're going to talk about unwavering faith, rather that faith is in God or in yourself. So unwavering means continuing in a strong, steady way. Faith is complete trust or confidence in God or yourself or a higher power that you know is bigger than you. That you have complete trust and confidence that this power is working out your situation in your favor. So today you're being asked to have faith in the unseen. There are many, 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 many circumstances that play out in our lives. Some people go through life and never know what it's like to be traumatized. And for other people, trauma is all they know. They don't know how to come out of it. They don't know who to call. They're waiting to be rescued because they feel that they are unable to do it themselves. I'll use myself as an example throughout this podcast. Because sometimes we need examples in order to understand what is happening around us. And even those who have not experienced trauma on a consistent basis, there's no one that hasn't been touched either directly or indirectly by trauma. Unfortunately, it's just a way of life. And it is really how you handle that trauma that will determine what your outcome will be. Some people reach a point where they just stop. They stop living. And they are in so much pain that sometimes they cannot find the words to express the depth of that pain to anyone. You can see it in their eyes if you're paying attention. You can hear it when they speak if you're paying attention. You can see it in their behavior if you're paying attention. 
Some people don't come out and tell you, I'm in pain, I'm hurt, I need help. Because they tried that. And they were rejected. They were dismissed. They were belittled. They were made to feel that what they were experiencing was either their fault or not important. Sometimes trauma can lead to suicide because that person has no one to talk to. They feel that their pain is so enormous that the only way out is suicide. I'm talking to and I'm asking those of you who are so traumatized that you are thinking of ending your life. I'm asking you not to choose a permanent decision for a temporary problem. Don't choose a permanent decision to a temporary problem. It will pass. May not feel like it. It will pass. I remember when I was going through the pain in my life, my ex-husband was John Allen Muhammad, the DC sniper. And for two years of my life, I was running for my life. What the media and law enforcement didn't tell you was that during that shooting spree in 2002 in the D.C. area and across the country that is attached to his behavior. It was a domestic violence child custody issue and I was the intended target. The theory was he was killing innocent people to cover up my murder so that he could come in as the grieving father and get custody of our children. For two years, I was running for my life. I had to change my name. He emptied the bank accounts. He took the children out of the country. convinced the people around us that I was the problem that I was not a good mother and unfortunately he was so good at convincing people they all believed him I even went to law enforcement for help. They didn't believe me. I didn't have any physical scars to prove that I was a victim of domestic 
abuse. Domestic abuse and domestic violence are two different levels. 80% of victims don't have physical scars. 20% do. Unfortunately, in this society, if you don't have physical scars, nobody believes you. You think you're making it up if that person is in the community or has a position of leadership. Can forget, can forget anybody believing you. Unless it's your close friends who know what's going on and still sometimes they take the abuser's side. Family takes the abuser's side. As, as many people that are victims of crime when they reach out for help and they don't fit the profile that is established in this society as a victim you will not be believed until a physical assault takes place and then sometimes you still have to provide adequate evidence to prove your case when he took our children out of the country And I have three. The realization that he was not bringing them back after a weekend visitation was a tremendous realization that I had to come to grips with. But here's the thing, at least for me. My faith kicked in. I didn't respond the way people thought I should respond. I didn't cry uncontrollably. I didn't exhibit a person that was traumatized. I didn't do any of that. The way that I'm speaking to you now is the way I was speaking then, calm and steady. Because I was calm and steady, they didn't believe me. I called people for help. And they said, well, John told us that you were gonna speak negatively about him. Why would you do something like that? Snap out of it. Go back to work. At least they're with their father. At least they're with their father. Snap out of it and go back to work. The most insensitive comments that you could possibly imagine was spoken to me at the most vulnerable time when I needed support. I had none. I had unwavering faith. This is what I said. 
sitting at the coffee table. I can see myself right now. In this voice where I'm speaking to you at this moment, this is what I said out loud. Lord, I don't know what you're doing. But I know that that this is bigger than me, my children, and John. All I ask is that you bring my children back to me unharmed and that you protect them wherever they are. That's what I said. And then I got up and started going through the process of trying to find them. What I learned in that process is that he had poisoned the well, meaning the people that around us, that were around us, so well that those people were spying on me and going back and telling John everything I was doing my whereabouts, my behavior, they would call me and ask me how I'm doing until I it clicked. Don't pick up the phone. The most vulnerable time in my life, I had unwavering faith because I knew regardless of whom or what, I didn't know when and I didn't know how that I would get my children back. And anybody that was around me that said anything to me that was different than what I was believing, they had to be released from my life. I could not have any negative thoughts for myself or comments made to me negatively had to go. Unwavering faith. You know, there's this flower, the lotus flower. It grows in murky water. And when it comes up, it is the most beautiful flower with not a drop, a speck of dirt on it. And if you are experiencing something that is traumatizing to you, you are that lotus flower. You are that caterpillar, caterpillar, that is in a cocoon waiting to come out as a butterfly. Sometimes you have to isolate yourself from other people in order to set and think because epiphanies come when you are alone. They don't come when you're with other people. They come when you sit by yourself or watching TV or something that you're doing where you are alone 
and then you have that aha moment. That's an epiphany. They come when you're alone. And sometimes people feel, I just can't sit with my thoughts. I'm asking you to journal. Go get a journal. Blank pages. Put the date in the top left corner and put the time in the top right corner. Write out your emotions. Get them out of your head. Download them onto paper. Clear space in your mind so that the positive thoughts can come in. Think of your head as a goldfish bowl and it is filled with goldfish. What are the goldfish? Every issue that you have in your mind. Sometimes that goldfish is so filled you can't see clearly. Journaling helps you to download one goldfish at a time until it is clear. Your mind is clear. You can see clearly and you know exactly what you need to do because nobody's coming to rescue you. You have to do that yourself. You have to be your own hero. I had to rescue myself. Nobody, nobody was coming. Nobody came. Nobody came. I had to rescue myself. I had to put in place a system for myself that would help me to navigate through the trauma on a daily basis that I had to overcome. Once he took the children and took all of the money, I had I didn't have any money to pay bills. The landlord evicted me and I had to go and live in a shelter. A shelter. Isn't that crazy? There are some women in shelters with their children. It's not a place to raise a family. Unfortunately, it's necessary. And for those eight months, I was in that shelter, unwavering faith. I knew I would get my children back. I didn't know when and I didn't know how. But I took those eight months to work on myself. I prayed, I fasted, I journaled. I didn't go outside. Because John said that you have become my enemy and as my enemy, I will kill you. I didn't sit by a window. I stayed in the middle of the house. The times that I did go out, I dressed in a disguise. That's no way to live. I had unwavering faith. I believed in the unseen. Regardless of what I saw in front of me, 
I believed in the unseen. I journaled a lot. I think I have about 20 or 30 journals right now because I still journal. It's therapy for me. It's really good to download. Even when nothing is happening, I just want to check in and listen to what's coming out of me so that I know I'm okay. And I am. I'm okay. Anybody telling you that the trauma you're experiencing that you'll never heal from, run. Because that's not true. You can heal from just about anything if you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to confront those emotions that other people has placed on you, that other people have said to you, rejection, judgment, dismissing, belittling. Other people say these things to you. And unfortunately, we are so emotionally hurt that we take on the opinions of other people as truth about ourselves. And it's not true. Who told you you wasn't good enough? Who told you you would never be great? Who told you that you would never heal? Who told you that? Because you didn't come up with that on your own. Who told you that? They lie to you. They're trying to make sure that you don't hear. They continuously remind you of who you were, not who you are. Because as I've always said, and as I will continue to say, you are amazing. You are a masterpiece. There's only one of you in this world of billions or trillions of people. There's only one of you. That makes you completely and utterly unique and always different from everybody else. If you are comparing yourself to other people, I am asking you to stop because I know there are times where whatever age you are, excuse me, and you see other people thriving, doing better than you, just remember those people did not go through what you went through. And while they were in all of that time building their businesses, their families, and thriving and doing the things that they do, they wasn't surviving in trauma. Give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. We look at our lives and we think, man, nothing has happened to that person. You don't know that. You don't know the drive. You don't know the hunger that they have to succeed. Because of a misfortune that happened to them. Or they just decided to get up one day and said, I want to change my life. And you can do that too. Unwavering faith. You know, faith works in two directions. 
it works towards the negative and it works towards the positive. Which way are you pointing your unwavering faith? Because whichever way you decide to go, that's what's going to happen. If you say nothing good will happen to me, guess what? Nothing good will happen to you. You get up in the morning, you say, I cannot take what's going to happen to me today. Every negative <clears throat> excuse me, situation that comes up is coming straight at you. You calling that into your life. Stop doing that. You have the ability to decide which way you're going to go. It may not feel like it. It may not seem like it. Your situation may be so bad that it's just no way you can climb out of this. I'm telling you, you can. Just a shift of your thinking will help you to determine the life that you want to live. I know you've heard all of this manifestation, spirituality, and speaking into existence as if it were so, but they're all real. Whatever you want, speak it into existence as if it were so. Believe it before it happens. I believed I would get my children back. And anybody that said anything to me otherwise were gone from my life. And you have to guard your mind. You have to set up healthy boundaries so that you can move in the direction that you want to go. unwavering faith. It was 18 months before I got my children back. They were gone March of 2000 and I got them back September of 2001. And the shootings took place in 2002 even after I got my children back I was in hiding I had to go to work I had to go outside and what I would do I would pray and I said Lord I'm asking you to put a hedge of protection around me like you put around Job and I'm asking that you send your angels or the angels that are assigned to me because there are angels assigned to you to protect me, to keep me safe to bring me home to my children unwavering faith and even after they caught him the community once again blamed me if he If I would have stayed with him, then he would have only killed me. If I would have stayed on the West Coast, then the people on the East Coast would still be alive. How dare I call me and my children victims when none of us were hurt or killed. Again, physical Scars had to be seen for people to believe that we were victims. And how dare I bring this drama 
into this quiet community. Victim blaming is real. Everybody wants to rescue the abuser and continue to beat down the victim. Nobody ever asked John, why did you take your children? Why did you terrorize your family? But there was a detective that said, they asked John, why did he kill innocent people? And his response was, it was Mildred's fault. He took no responsibility for his actions, which is what abusers do. They don't take responsibility for their actions. They blame everybody and every circumstance for their behavior. You don't need anybody to validate you. You don't need anybody to put a rubber stamp on your experience. You know what you went through. You know what you're going through. You don't have to have validation. You were validated from the day you were conceived. You were validated when you took that first breath after you were born. You don't need anybody's validation. You have your own. You just have to believe that. You have to believe in your abilities to do anything you want to do. That's why you have to claim your power. You are a powerful person. Why don't you believe that? Why have so many people told you that you're nothing when you're everything? Do you believe in yourself? Do you have unwavering faith in yourself? Do you believe you can do anything? Do you believe that you can accomplish anything? And if you don't believe that, why don't you? Don't you know who you are? Start journaling to find out. Sit with yourself and your thoughts and ask yourself, Who am I? And the first thought you have, because we're always supposed to listen to our first mind. You know, when you do things and you say, man, I should have listened to my first mind. Because your first mind tells you who you are and what you should do and should not do. We're so in tuned with asking other people the simplest things on what you should do with your life. Why? Because you don't trust your own decisions. Others have told you so much that you're too sensitive. You're too emotional. You don't make good judgment calls. You're not a good judgment of character. What is that based upon? Your limited view of me? Your limited knowledge of what I allow you to know about me? The only person that knows you and has been consistent in your life 
showed up every day, no matter what was going on, it's you. You are the most consistent person in your life. You are. You know who your hero is? You. You're your own hero. You are very resourceful. Why don't you believe that? You have a thought in your mind of something that you should do, and it seems so extraordinary and so big. You say, yeah, no, I can't do that. And guess what? You just killed your dream. Bring it back to life. Start believing in yourself. And in believing in yourself, you're going to have those thoughts and ideas and different creative outlets that you can do. It may seem enormous, but it's not. It's what you think it is, what you believe it is. I've never spoken publicly before I started. I was lying on the sofa, sleeping. I had a vision of women calling out to me for help. The calls were so loud, I rolled over and I fell on the floor. I knew what I had to do. But how in the world was I gonna start? Who was gonna teach me how to do this? I didn't know anybody. So what did I do? I didn't kill my dream. The first thing I did was said, okay, yeah, all right, okay, 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 okay. I was thinking about all the different ways I can make this happen because I'm resourceful and I believe that and I have always believed that about myself just got to think of how to how to make this happen so the first thing I did was I talked to my children and I said look I got to help other people by sharing what happened to us but I need your permission because I need to talk about your dad and what he did and they looked at each other they were Eight, nine, and eleven. And they said, Mom, you do what you need to do. All we ask is that you tell the truth. I said, I can do that. And I went online and I looked up how to become a public speaker. I found a book, went to the library, checked out that book, sat down, and learned my craft. That's what I did. I didn't go to a Toastmasters. I didn't go to a teacher. I didn't have a mentor. I knew one thing. I had a vision that women were calling me for help. And I had to fulfill that vision. And now I am an award-winning global keynote speaker. I've gone places I never thought I'd go. 
Because as soon as I learned my craft and I felt secure in what I needed to do and how I was going to share my story, I stretched out my arms and I looked up to the sky and I said, Lord, here I am. Send me. And he did. Never thought I'd go to South Korea, Belize, Canada, travel the country, sharing my story. And I have so many testimonials of how my presentation helps so many people. You can do that too, with whatever vision or creative thought that you have in your mind to do. You can do that. Unwavering faith. Unwavering faith. You have that. Tap into it. Figure out what you want to do. And now with YouTube University, you can pretty much learn anything you want for free. With this pandemic, what did we learn? Sometimes you don't have to pay for an education. There are free courses on whatever subject you want to learn. Take 30 days to learn that craft and then go do it. 30 days and then do it. You can do that, right? I know you can. If I have faith in you, if I believe that you can do this, whatever it is, you should believe it too. You are the captain of your own ship. Which way are you pointing your faith today? Is it towards the negative or is it towards the positive? We'll give you a few affirmations, just a few, that will help you to move more towards the positive. I'm not dismissing the trauma that you're in. I'm really not. I'm not saying that it's your fault that you're in it because a lot of people feel that the abuse or the trauma or whatever you're going through, it's your fault because all you have to do is make a decision to leave. Well, that's not as easy as people think that it is. It's really not. You don't have to explain that to anybody. You shouldn't be explaining yourself to anybody. You shouldn't defend your decision. And always remember that no is a complete sentence. I remember many producers was coming to me to ask me to be a part of their documentary. I had to look at how were they positioning me to tell this story about John. Was it in my best interest? The ones that were not, did not participate. And I told them no. And they wanted to know why I said no. My response was, 
I don't have a problem with helping you to understand the in and the O. Because I'm not changing my mind. Unwavering faith. Remaining steadfast in your decisions. You can do that. What you're deciding it is what is best for your life. Are the opportunities coming to you in alignment with what you're striving to do? Are you willing to attach your name to anything? You cannot do that. You have to look at what is in the best interest for you, regardless of how big the opportunity is. Several celebrities have walked away for millions of dollars because that opportunity did not align with who they are. And when they did not move forward with that opportunity, a bigger one came. Because God is not going to leave you on your own. Or the universe will not leave you on your own. Unwavering faith. I know you're probably in the most vulnerable time in your life with this pandemic, not making any money, homelessness, not enough food to eat. There are many new things that you can do now to make money at home. Affiliate marketing, digital marketing. Look up some of those things and find out what you can do to carve out the life you want to live. Maybe it hasn't been so good for you thus far, but it doesn't mean that it has to remain that way. Have faith in your abilities. Understand that you are resourceful. Understand that we don't chase anything we attract it. But remember, if you are attracting the negative, then the negative will come. If you are attracting the positive, then the positive will come. Which way are you pointing your unwavering faith? It was 18 months before I got my children back. But I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I would get my children back. And I am so grateful that I did not give up. That I did not do everything that I could possibly do to get my children back. I did not believe other people when they told me, you'll never see your children again. That did not register in my mind. It's like when you throw water on a duck, it the water beats up and falls away. That's how those thoughts from other people 
were coming towards me. I had a shield of protection around me and when they spewed their venom at me, it just attached to that wall and rolled off like water on a duck. Never touched me, my spirit, my belief did not touch me at all because I was too strong. You're never too strong. I had the strength to repel all negative comments that were made to me. Even now, my children, when they're looking at these different programs or they see comments other people say in written form, they say, Mom, why didn't you tell us about that? I say, because I was strong enough to take that hit. You were not. I was protecting you. I was protecting you. If you don't feel that you yourself is good enough to stay here, find something else that's more important to you. Because sometimes as victims of domestic violence, we have children. We will endure the pain until you touch our children. And why is that? Because our value has been so diminished in ourselves that we transfer the value of ourselves onto our children. So if you hurt our children, then you you cross the line. And I'm sure you've heard that many times. Well, you know, when he touched my children, then I knew I had to do something because they became more valuable than the victim put up on themselves. And you may feel that way. Other people have devalued you so much that you don't believe in any way possible that you are worth being here on this planet alive. And if you feel that way, find someone or something that you have placed more value in and fight for that. And in turn, it will give you the strength to see how valuable you really are to yourself. Where you won't harm yourself. Where you won't feel that you're worth nothing. You're worth everything. You are more precious than gold, than the most precious stone in this world. You're like a a piece of coal that has to be stripped away to see the diamond that is within you because it is. And in that song that Rihanna sings, you will shine bright like a diamond because you are already shining. You just don't see it. And if you don't see it, go look in the mirror and tell yourself, I am a diamond. I am a masterpiece. I am unique in everything that I do, regardless of whom or what. 
I claim my power. I am capable of anything. I believe in myself and my success. I am destined for success. Abundance is all around me. God, the universe, always provides for me. If you are in need of money, I am attracted to money. Money is attracted to me. Money flows quickly and easily to me. I am abundant in every area of my life. I am resourceful because you are. You are everything you just spoke over your life. Never speak negativity over your life. And don't allow anybody else to do it either. You are amazing. You are amazing. My mother told me that when I was little, that I, they were sitting, she was sitting in the living room with some of my aunts. And she said, I was never one that would express my emotions outwardly. I was always calm. So at eight years old, I was in the kitchen and I came out of the kitchen into the living room and she said, I said this sentence so calmly, they just looked at me. And what I said was, Mama, the kitchen is on fire. And I walked away and went outside. And they all looked at me and then they saw the smoke bellowing out of the kitchen and jumped up to go put the fire out. <clears throat> Excuse me. My mom had left the pot on the stove and I didn't know how to turn it off, but I was in there getting something out of the refrigerator. And I went into the living room and said, Mama, the kitchen on fire and went outside like it was nothing. And she asked me later, she said, why did you say that so calmly? I said, Mama, I don't, I don't know. I just wanted you to know the kitchen was on fire. So when I started to look back over my life when she told me that, I saw that steady calmness throughout my life. And for me to say out loud when he took our children from me, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I know this is bigger than me and my children and John. All I ask is that you protect my children and bring them back to me. That's how calmly I said it. And so when I'm going through a lot, I'm quiet. People don't see the turmoil, the rage, the crying that I am experiencing on the inside. I just appear calm as if nothing affects me. And that's not true. 
this is something my mom told me I have always done. And now I understand it. So what I've learned to do is to journal. And the more I write, the better I feel. Sometimes I hear my journal saying, come on, you need to write this down. (laughs) And once I do, I clear up space. See, I'm not asking you to do anything that I haven't done myself. I am completely and totally healed. I've gone down deep inside of myself to tackle every trigger that I have. I needed to know why every tear from my eye rolled down my cheek. Because every tear that rolls down your cheek is one step closer to your healing. I don't ever tell anyone, don't cry. I say cry as much as you need to because crying is the cleansing of your soul. We all cry sometimes, whether in private or in public. I cry in private. If I'm crying in public, I it's just spilled over. It's just, I haven't gotten to the point where I need to go and journal it out, which is very rare that I cry in public. Can't remember when I did that. Do what you need to do to be better for you. And if you feel that getting better for you is not enough, then find something or someone that you cherish that you would not want to leave behind. Of course, all of us will die, but you don't have to rush the process. You don't have to. So, in closing, as you go throughout your day, don't forget to release your faith, knowing with assurance that all circumstances will work in your favor today. And even when it doesn't look like it is, it really is working in your favor. Sometimes you don't know what that is until you have those aha moments. And remember, aha moments only come when you're alone. Thank you for listening.